0: Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. He knows, and Jesus is seeing this with his disciples, and they're walking along the road, they're discussing who's going to be the greatest. If we can pull that up now, that verse, sorry. Um, It's... uh, Mark 9.33, after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. (laughs) Okay, so they obviously knew, okay, you know what? Jesus wouldn't approve. He sat down, called the twelve over to him, and he said, and you know what? It's funny. He knew what they were saying anyway. Whoever wants to be first must, not, this isn't a suggestion, must take last place. Woo! Wow! How many still want to follow Jesus? It's like, every promise in the book is mine. Yeah, this is your promise. You must take last place. That's your promise. Woo! Woo! You know, of course, all the people that, you know, like behind the scenes and everything, they're, they're all, yeah, 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 yeah. All the type A personalities that want to be at the front, they're like, uh <sighs> Right? But, but Jesus is telling us here, no, guys, everyone must take last place. You've got to back this thing up. And we're going to look at this. We're going to dig into a lot of verses on this. You don't need to hear my pep talk on it. We need to hear the scriptures. Amen? We need to hear the scriptures. If you can keep the verse up, and then I'll just tell you when to go. Don't don't take it down. It throws me off. Um, So he says here, whoever wants to be first must take last place. Sorry, if you can go back to that one. I didn't get to finish it. And be the servant of those you want to serve. What did it say? Everyone else. That means the ones you want to serve and the ones you don't want to serve. Everyone. Everyone is everyone. You know, people will come to me, oh, you, you just won't believe that person. You know, I, I, I don't want to deal with that person. It's like, you know what? They're going to come in life. They're going to come and go. You need to learn how to deal with it. You're not going to be able to change the people you encounter. Life will send you all kinds of craziness in people. Right? It's like, I never want to encounter that type of person. It's like, wrong, wrong answer. You, you will encounter that person with a different face in life. You need to learn how to serve that person. Amen? Then he says, he put a little child among them, and taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. So he breaks it down to the simplest form. And he says, look, if, 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 if you're going to serve, you're going to serve and you're going to serve everyone. And you're going to break everything down to its simplest form. And you're going to accept everyone as a child. Amen? You know, a lot of times what we, what we want to do is we want to, um, you know, it, it, it comes, I think, within our culture. You know, we, we, we get degrees. We get all these things. We become very educated. You know, we look at those that are smarter, is better. And it's like sometimes that's not the case. We need to break it down to the basics of this is what makes a good person. Whether you're smarter or not, that's not what, what God sees. God sees qualities in a person that make them a good person. And a child, there's simplicity in a child. And he's saying, look, we need to break everything down. You need to see everything in its simplest form. And start serving from that place. we got all these levels of everything. It's all, it's like, you know what a baby did? All of us came into this life butt naked. Right? No clothes, no titles, no nothing. We came in. Here I am. That was our start. And as a child, we begin. And he's saying, look at life that way. Look at the things. And accept people. Accept everyone as a child. Break everything down in that simplicity. You don't have to be the smartest one in the room and just think, you know, I know this and I know that. We should be willing to serve even in our smartness. Amen? We should be willing to serve. We should be willing to give. Because this is the thing we're going to see as we look into this more. Why did why did God esteem great uh, greatness in serving so high? Because God has given each of us a great deposit. We're going to see this. So let's go to Philippians, and we're going to see it there in Philippians. Um, Philippians 2, uh, verses 1 to 11. So it's saying here, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, and any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Amen? So this isn't this jostling and, you know, I'm better at this, I'm better at this, and all this. You know, he's saying here, come on, guys. Look at working together. Look at having one heart, one mind, one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Amen? How often do we do that? That is not a natural thing. How many know naturally we think of ourselves better than everyone else? We think of our own needs before everyone else's needs. Human nature does that. You come into a room, you pick the best chair that you want for the best view for whatever, right? You're looking for comfort wherever you go. You know, come in the room, everyone's like, oh, it's a little bit cold in here. You know, you're, you're constantly comfort. You're trying to find comfort for yourself, right? You're not looking out for that for someone. It's, it's not natural, but, but in God's kingdom— God's like, no, be looking out for everyone else. And and you're going to see that the, it, it benefits you. Because as you lift others, you get lifted. Amen? It's, it's a natural byproduct. And I saw this yesterday. We were doing the sound uh, uh, training day. Um, so all of you online, um, thank you for being patient. We are learning this. We are developing in the skills of sound and media. And so... Um, I'm hoping it sounds better today because we've gotten more training. But, but I didn't realize how much work is involved in just making it sound good, and how many people are involved in behind the scenes of just that alone. Let alone, and then what we see on the on the, on the camera and how that works, and then we there's behind the scenes that gets all this together and that there's people here at 8:30 getting ready and doing things and this is all behind the scenes stuff and you know what's hilarious about sound we're going to just we're going to prop up the sound guys today because when it sounds amazing nothing is said it actually and, and the, the, the guy that was training in the sound yesterday, he says, you know what? He says, if you've done an amazing job, people won't notice you. He says, that's actually, you got to take that as a compliment. When everything is, it sounds great, you will be less noticed. And that actually is your compliment. Wow, I want to do sound ministry. Count me in. <laughs> it's like... You're going to get, you know, the least amount of recognition. Who are we doing it for? Really, in the end. And that's what we got to ask ourselves. Because Jesus is trying to give us a different perspective. He says, he says here, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And this is what I love about, about God is he gave us the example through Jesus, and Jesus actually did it. He lived it. He did it. We're going to look at this, not only in this verse, but as uh, other ones as well. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form... He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Amen? Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? So you know what he, what he's saying here about this attitude? He's saying, yes, yes, Jesus got stripped away of everything. Yes, he became human. Yes, he became obedient even to the point of death and death on a cross. He went down, 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 but it doesn't end there. It says, therefore, God exalted him. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want God to exalt me in my life. I want God's hand to exalt me in those things. Not me, but that the people could see the hand of God did this. The hand of God was brought glory in this situation in my life. Because why? Because I serve Him. People, oh, you know, I'm so humble. I don't then people are looking at you. Oh humble and proud of it, you. They're not seeing God when you're, oh, it's only God, it's only God. No. It's you when you're talking that way because God can be seen by the things he does and you need to give him glory and say, yes, let's thank God for what he's doing. Amen? And be, be proud of what God's doing in the midst of our lives as we serve him. So, you know, that attitude, yes, we got to lay everything down, but then we know that God will exalt us in due time. Let's go to um, another portion in uh, Luke, um, Jesus here is, uh, is talking again of, over his fighting disciples. And um, they're fighting over, it's in Luke um, 22, verses 24 to 35. We're going to look at this portion. It says, then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. So they're arguing again. This is a different time. Okay. You think they got it the first time? No, they don't. And so, guess what? If you're one of those who says, "I, you know, God's been working with me. I still don't get it." Guess what? He's he can work with you, and he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Amen. Jesus told them, "In this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people. Yet they, yet yet they are called friends of the people. So you know, we see those people in the in positions." But they lord over. They're not friends of the people we say they are, but they're they're not serving people for the most part. It's about it's about them. But among you it it will be different. So how many know it needs to be different in the church? So you know when, when, when God's calling you to, to sacrifice and to serve more and to do all these things more, don't get yourself all it's, you're supposed to be different. Let God rip those things out of you that need to be ripped out of you, that need to be recognized, that pride that kind of always starts to creep in there. Let Him rip it out of you. Amen? Because it's robbing from you the greater purpose that God wants, which is He wants to use your life in a greater way, and it, those things have to be stripped out of us. He says here, Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Amen? So one of the greatest qualities that we can have and greatest compliments that we could receive as a Christian is when people look at us, they could see us as a leader, but they could see us as a servant. I call it a servant leader. As as a church... Our goal is to raise up servant leaders. We're not afraid to lead, but we serve as we lead. We serve with that heart. We serve with that attitude. You know, I was thinking of this. You know, all of inventions, most of the inventions that have been made have been made by people who saw a need and a gap and a hole and something that needed to be fixed. And they served to fix it. You think of most inventions. Someone was, took the time and said, you know what? We need to help this situation. There's got to be a better way. How many think if we had that servant attitude in bringing everything that God wants to bring, and we weren't we're, we're sitting there thinking, I wonder who's going to do it this week? Hmm. Yeah, you know what? Someone should do that. Come on, we can creep into that whole thing. Or we can say, God, what do you want to do in this? How do you want to use me? Amen? This is the perspective. He says, who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course. But not here. Here. So he's saying, in the world's perspective, the one that sits at the table, the one that's at front, the one that that we recognize, we think, wow. He's saying, look, here, in the kingdom of God, in what I am doing, it's not like that. He says, not here. For I am among you as one who serves. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many is what another uh, verse says. He says, uh, he says, you have stayed with me in my time of trial and just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. I know that's a pretty big, that's like, Wow. He's he's saying this is what's going to come in the future, and then I love this because he, Jesus brings it right back down to life again, and he's saying, "But Simon, he says, Simon, Simon." So right next, right after he says this, he says, "Satan has asked to sift you out, or sift you like wheat." But he says, but I told him, you can't do that. There's no way you're going to touch him. Nothing's going to come near you. Nothing's going to happen. Those are safe prayers. And you know what? Sometimes we pray too many safe prayers. Because there's things God wants us to walk through that are going to make us who we are. And you can't be, you can't have those things go away. And Jesus prayed for the right thing. But I have pleaded in prayer for you. I served you, Simon, in prayer. I was serving you and your purpose in your life. Thinking of you over myself. In that I was praying for you. And I prayed that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus is serving in prayer. He's serving in the purposes of God even when it's hard. How many like it when, when God gives you a promise and he gives you something and you think, you know, this is going to be easy, sneezy, and I can do it. But how many know when he gives you a promise and you got to walk down a bumpy road? How many have got a promise from God? He never showed you the bumps in front of it. You, you got the promise and you... Realize, if I had to go, th- go through all those bumps and realize what I had to go through, I maybe wouldn't have said amen. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Why? Because there's a process God takes us through. And, and we have to have a servant's heart. Not only for to serve God, but to serve others. That is going to bring us through to the other side. Amen? And this is Peter. And this is why we need that heart to serve one another because we don't always see what's in our own heart. Amen? Come on. Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. Especially if I know I'm going to get all these 12 thrones and we're going to be, I'm fine. I'll do it. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. He says, then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you'd... Oh, oh wait, no, let's not go there. We're not going to go into that. So Peter, you know, he, w- again was thinking of himself more highly than he ought to have thought. Do you know that we don't even know sometimes we're thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think? And thank God, God puts people in the body around us that see things, maybe from a different perspective. And if they are there to serve with us, they are there to walk with us through that process. Jesus was there as a servant. And even though it was a hard thing he had to tell Peter, he was there to pray for him, to pray that his faith would fail not, to pray and speak the truth to him. That, yes, it would hurt. Because if we read the account later on, it says that it was only the next day Peter was around a fire watching as they were doing what they were doing to Jesus. And then people said, hey, you were with him. And Peter didn't want to, and he says no. and And he did it. Anyway, the third time he said, I don't know him, the rooster crows. And the Bible says he remembered, and he ran, and he wept bitterly. How many think that would be pretty hard, denying Jesus in his worst, worst, worst hour? Like, and Jesus prayed for him, and Peter knew that. And when Peter was weeping bitterly, he knew Jesus had prayed for him, he knew Jesus had served him and was willing to walk with him through this process. you know that right now, Jesus is interceding for us even now? You know, sometimes we have to stop and realize, okay, how many of you think like you're alone in a situation? No one understands. You're like, I'm, I'm here. It seems like no one knows. Jesus is interceding. Amen? On our behalf. He is there interceding. And so... We've got to understand that heaven's perspective is different. You have something to give. God has put something in each of us. And the only way we give it is by serving. By giving it away. Amen? And for each of us, it's different. We're going to look at this in Romans. We're going to end with this. In Romans 12. We're going to look at the whole chapter, maybe. We'll see. What time are we? Okay. It says, and so now, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. How many could do that? God's given everything to us. He's done everything. How many think? <laughs> Suri's interjecting into the message. <laughs> what was the question is what you? She... <laughs> oh, interest. That is hilarious. Oh, wow. Sir, he's shouting me down. <laughs> he says here, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Amen? Do you see every day, every part of your life as something that you can give holy to God? You know, what I find in our culture is as we separate and we're, we're like, this is my time, this is this. And we separate in categories. But in God's eyes, your whole life He sees. And our whole life can be worship to Him. Our attitude towards our, our jobs. Everything we, we do, it can become a holy sacrifice to Him. Amen? And the kind He will find acceptable And it says, this is truly the way to worship him. The songs we do, it's great. They're they're a nice little pep and they, they boost us and they get us, you know, into God's presence maybe a little bit more. But you know what? The true worship is when we're going out on the Monday to Friday and what are we doing when the rubber hits the road? My life is worship. And everything that I'm doing and it, it, we need to remind ourselves of that. We, we don't turn it on and off. He's saying here, this is, this is truly the way that we worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He's, he's saying, don't, don't be so quick to just translate it into God's kingdom. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's why it's so important to get into the scriptures, to allow the scriptures to renew your mind, to be allow that transformation to come. It says here. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. And because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, so Paul here he's he's an apostle. He's writing letters to the church. He knows that these are going to go on for generations and generations. To this day, thousands of years later, we have these letters for the church. And it's reached millions and millions and millions of people. Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. (laughs) He's warning us. In other words, we tend to elevate ourselves. Right? Human nature. We just kind of, and I think it's more guys than it is girls, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just tends to be that way. Um, but but we, we have this thing where we try to elevate ourselves and think of ourselves more highly than we ought. But he says, but be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Husbands, I can tell you how you can do that. Ask your wife. That will help, right? Be honest about the evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So God gives a measure of faith for us to walk in certain things. We need to keep in step with the the grace and the measure of faith he's given us. You can't be something way out there when God says, no, this is who I've made you to be. This is the measure I've given you right now. Just as our bodies have many parts, then he goes into this. He broadens it. He says, don't think of yourselves. Think of yourselves soberly. And then he says, and just as bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts but one body, and we all belong to each other. Amen? So he's trying to show us. Guys. Don't get so caught up in your own self and think how great you are. Remember, there's a whole body. Every part is functioning. Amen? Every part has to do its work. And he says, and in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Don't you love it with certain people? You're like, they're so strong. You see a certain gifting and they're like, you're just, wow, how do they do that? And for that person, they're like, ah, it's easy. You know, it's like, and it's like, no, God's gifted you with that. It's, it's something you do so well. And he's, say, and he's saying here, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, he says, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. Amen? If you are a teacher teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Amen? If it is giving, give generously. Because there's people that, that have a gift of giving. We're all supposed to give. But there's people God's given the gift of giving. I remember I was in Bible school. There was a man there, and, um, and uh, he was like, he had the gift of giving, and he says, my goal is, t- was when I was younger, was to live on 90 per- give away 90% of my income and live on 10. And we're like, I'm, at that time, I was, my first year of Bible school, was eight, 18 years old, and uh, I'm thinking, wow, how does this guy live? He's giving away 90% of his income, and he's like, and he says, yeah, and he says, a quarter of a million to live on a year isn't too bad. And that was back then, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, almost. But he had the gift of giving. And what he did is he kept giving and giving and giving and giving. And God just kept giving back, giving back. And he just kept giving and giving and gave, gave millions and millions and millions away. Because so he had that gift of giving. And he did it generously. God is giving you leadership ability. Take the responsibility seriously amen because there's people god gives that leadership or the another translation says administration um and and there are people have you ever seen those people that come in and they can assess and they're like okay this 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 and they they can put things in order and it's like wow they just see how many know you need to let those people flourish in that gift everyone can't be the boss right So do that well. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. (laughs) Because the Bible also talks about it. Some say, this one uses gladness. Some say the gift of mercy. And um, a lot of times people with the gift of mercy get walked all over. And so they're not doing it with gladness anymore. And so the Bible says, do it with gladness. Because you're doing it for the Lord. But he says, don't just pretend to love others. (laughs) In other words, there's pretend love. Right? Love, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Amen? He just gives us instructions. This is what I love about the Bible. It gives us life instructions. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Amen? When was the last time you recognized something good in a person and just said, you know what, I really appreciate that about you? Let's honor one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. How many know that when we're serving one another and we're looking out for the best interests of one another, we never run out of prayer requests? Right? When it's about me and me and me and me and me. When you start thinking about others, your prayer list will grow. Right? When God's people are in need, be ready to what? Help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. That's weird. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Okay, that's just weird. Right? Totally contrary to what we are in. But this is what he says. He says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. <laughs> right? How many of you come into a situation and you're like, you, there's a lot you know on this and you think, I can't you know, engage in this conversation. I know, I know, I know too much. And you're just kind of bored by the ordinary talk. And the ordinary life around you, oh I'm sorry, I'm not going to get any hands here. I know <laughs> I know that we all deal with that. But the Bible says, don't think of yourself that much. Be willing to practice hospitality. Be willing to associate with ordinary people. Never pay back evil with what? more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And they love this. This is how it ends. Do not let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Amen? The Another translation says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so God's given us these keys to unlock things that he wants and in a lot of the situations, we're walking around and we're like, we're waiting. God, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And God is saying, I want to do something through you. Respond with who I am. Respond in the way that I would have you respond. Many times it is to pray. That's the first thing he calls us to do in serving. Pray. Amen? That's why we're making such a big focus on prayer and, and trying to integrate prayer. We have pre-service prayer. We have prayer. Uh, One night, we dedicate to prayer as a church family. We're looking at different ways of incorporating prayer, even in in different things we do, because we've got to serve in prayer. Because as we serve in prayer, we open the door for God to do more. Amen? And then that's where he gives us the steps to take action. Okay, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. But we serve out of that place of dependency on God. God opened this door. God did it. Amen? And it's a whole where It comes with an attitude of serving, a heart of a servant, a servant leader. And that's why when we have that heart, we can step into a situation and maybe we're like, we won't think it's above me because we're all serving the Lord together equally. And if I have to get in there and do whatever on this situation, I'll do it because we're both serving the Lord. We're all serving the Lord. Amen? So I want us to just have that perspective as we, as we, um, we go into this, this week and as we're stepping into, I believe, in the, the days ahead, I believe this is one of the things that's going to earmark the believer is those that are servant leaders truly are going to advance God's purposes in a far greater way. We're not gonna go into our corner. We're gonna say, God, what do you want me to do to serve you in this time? To give something that you've given me, to to bring life. We're not gonna go hide. We're gonna be, God, what do you want me to do? Amen? How many want to be that person? Amen. Well let's stand. We're gonna if I can have the, the worship team up, I want us to close with um with this simple song, it's called Still, and um, I find that a lot of times we're just, you know, we're in the race, (laughs) life's just this race that we're running, and we're chasing all kinds of things, and sometimes we just have to slow things down and know that God is with us, and that in Him, we can do anything. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.